the NFL Edge podcast. I'm Dave Rothenberg. She is Kristen Rogers. We, I don't know how we're here, week 14 of the NFL season got started on Thursday evening as the uh, Steelers and Vikings played a very exciting game. But before we start to analyze and look ahead, let's say let's say hello to my co-host and probably better half, uh, Kristen Rogers. Hello, Kristen. Dave, hello. Um, you know, I would I would ask how you're doing, um, and I would want to make some sort of relation to Thursday Night Football with with the Steelers and the Vikings. I don't think really either of those teams are doing very well right now. So I'm hope you're doing better than than both of those teams. I'm doing better than the Steelers, certainly. Maybe similarly to the Vikings because they got the victory, and also better than Chase Claypool. I, I think that is how it breaks down. I don't know if you are as bothered as I am by what I cannot get over how on the final drive of the game, time at a premium like like no other, this guy decides, you know what? We've picked up a big first down on a fourth and three. Watch me celebrate all of the nation. I, I cannot get over that he did that. I I am shocked. I am shocked and I'm shocked that this happens this that this happened on a team where Mike Tomlin is the head coach, right? I feel like this should be something that was instilled to these guys in day 1. Um I would love to know what that conversation was like between Tomlin and Chase Claypool after the game. That is horrendous. And it it I mean it it showed. Like this game came down to that final second, came down to that final play. Yep. You get, you know, maybe one or two more plays in there if Chase Claypool doesn't start celebrating this could be a very different re- result for for the Steelers. That's inexcusable. What, what what do you think went through his mind that that in that like he obviously because there are some players that aren't like that tuned into the game, but you, you it's rapid fire. You know it's fourth down. You know you have no timeouts. You know you have to move very quickly. What do you think could have possibly gone through his head that he takes a knee? puts the ball down, you know, makes the first down, uh, you know, gesture and just wastes precious time. My my only thought is that he thought that there was like a one at the start of the, the clock. Like it was like a minute and something left. Like he thought that there was more time left on the clock. That's the only thing that I can think of because that is... I mean, I I am I have not been on an NFL sideline, but you know that these players are getting told what the situation is, what the timing is, what you need to do. That's just an utter disrespect for the play call and for your team when you do that. Oh, I I, I would I I didn't even care who won at all. I I was incensed watching that. But the game was it was not beautifully played. But I'll I'll tell you this: it was really entertaining. I mean, Dalvin Cook I, I don't think has been touched yet by the Steelers defense and. Roethlisberger and the Steelers down 29 nothing to have a chance to send that game to overtime on, on one play, which was just about caught by Firemuth. It was a very entertaining football game. Yeah, this ended up being a great football game because the first half was just the definition of one-sided. You know, 29 nothing Vikings at home. Vikings really just, they don't make things easy on themselves, do they, Dave? And I mean, here's the thing, too. It's not like they were trying to, you know, kind of make, they were struggling on offense by any means. You mentioned Delvin Cook. He didn't just return. He came back, like back in all caps, bolded, underlined, 205 rushing yards from Dalvin Cook. That's the most by any running back in the NFL in a game this season. I mean, he dominated the game. You're up 29-0, and you still have this game come down to the final the final play? Like, bad job on you, Minnesota Vikings. 
Yeah, bad job. They win. They go to six and seven, and they are they're right there. How about it? You say what you want about the Vikings and Zimmer and and all that ails them and Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. They are right there in the NFC at six and seven. All right, let's go through week fourteen. Here we go. Dallas at Washington. This this was a a, a just a, a you wouldn't even have circled this game. You wouldn't have looked at this game. You would have had no interest in this game. Three weeks ago, Dallas had the division. It was done. It was over. They are now eight and four. Washington is six and six. And how about this? They play twice. This, my friend, is a huge game in Washington on Sunday. Yeah, this is a huge game. And this is, I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be fun to watch because this is a game that the Cowboys should win, right? They're getting pieces back. Looks like they're a little bit healthier. Their roster is, is really solid top to bottom. But, you know, Washington, as you mentioned, is making things interesting here in the NFC East. They've won the last four straight games, even with no Chase Young, no Montez Sweat. They're playing with a backup quarterback this season. They're still holding on to the sixth seed right now in the NFC. The the Cowboys may be in the driver's seat right now, but Washington is really looking to to heat that seat up. And uh, you know what? The, the other aspect of this game that we need to get into, Dave, because I hate when players and coaches do this. Um, but, of course, we have to analyze this. Mike McCarthy and his guarantee that the Cowboys are going to get a win at Washington. We're just really focused on self-improvement and winning. You know, we got to do whatever we got to do to win the game. But these guys are very accountable. The work ethic of our football team, the whole space is very high. We know what people think of us. We love that. We're comfortable who we are, where we are. But I'm excited about what's in front of us because, you know, we're going to win this game. I'm confident in that. Prep that's going into it. But, you know, more importantly, we're going to, you know, we want to improve too along the way. So I think that's all part about what the challenge of December football gives you. Um, how much stock do you put into that? Was Is this like a calculated coaching move by him? What do you think? Because the as, as history has proven, these guarantees hardly ever turn out the way you want to. I don't understand. I, I don't. I don't know why you would do it. I, I mean, all it does is add fodder and bulletin board material for the other team. This game is important enough to have to add that. So, I, I agree with you. At the end, does it really impact it? I, I don't know. I mean, if you're Washington, think about you're, you're a playoff team right now. You're playing Dallas to have a chance to fight back in this division. Do you need any any added material? Probably not. That being said, you know what. If it does, good. I'm glad. And it would be ridiculous for Mike McCarthy. But you're, you're right. Dallas seems to be getting healthy. I think they are the better team. And I think they'll probably find their way to a victory uh, on Sunday. Seattle at Houston. Um, Houston's really bad. Tyrod Taylor won't play. Davis Mills gets the start. Seattle, can they? Look, we're talking about Washington 6-6. Six and six. They're going to get in. Seattle's 4-8, and eight, two games behind. But if Washington loses and Seattle wins, all of a sudden, Seattle has a real chance to... to at least fight down the stretch for a spot at the postseason. Yeah, I mean, how about the Seattle Seahawks? This this is another game that the, this we talk about the word should a lot this week. I feel like that's that's a word we're going to be using a lot um, as we we run through these games. The Seahawks should beat the Texans, right? It's the Texans. It's a two and ten Texans team that looks even worse than what their record says they are. And Seattle looked pains me to say very good against San Francisco last week, and they're not playing San Francisco this week. They're playing a a very lower caliber team here. Um, but I mean, 
even even without knowing the quarterback situation, because Dave, there was so much back and forth. And I thought it was so silly between Davis Mills or Terod Taylor, who was going to start for the Texans. It, it felt like the Texans were trying to throw a little like sparkle on top of a, a pot pile of garbage um, to, to try to make some sort of distraction for what this game is going to be. But this game should be all Seahawks in my mind. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And maybe there's one last little hurrah in this for Seattle. Um, they played a couple weeks ago. Kansas City hammered the Raiders. That was in Vegas on Sunday night. This venue switches now to Kansas City. Las Vegas at KC. Feels like, maybe offensively not 100% yet, but it feels like Kansas City has righted the ship and it feels like their defense is playing at a very high level right now. So that's the key right there, Dave, because I still don't think that this Kansas City offense is right. I still feel like there's something a little bit, a little bit off, like a little bit, you know, those like knockoff, um, like if you're, you're shopping in New York and you have those street vendors that have like the knockoff bags. And instead of like Prada, it says like, like, like Pada or something like that. I don't know. Or, or Prada, Prado, Yes. Yes, exactly. Just like one of those like knockoff bags. It feels like that's what this 2021 Kansas city chiefs offense is. That said, I never thought I would say this, but I think the biggest strength in this game is the Chiefs' defense, especially if the Raiders' offense, who I don't have a lot of faith in right now, if you don't have Darren Waller on the field because he's still dealing with that knee injury, I mean, I really don't like this matchup between the Raiders' offense and a Chiefs' defense that was the treadmill of the NFL, now starting to look pretty good here in recent weeks. Yeah, they do. They look much better. They, they've rattled off a couple wins in a row. They're 8-4, and four and, and, and I know it's weird to say because they haven't played well. They lead the division. They're half a game out of the best record in the uh, in the entire conference, and, and this is a team that, that uh, by, by the end of the season, we all tried to write them off. I think the Chiefs are right there in the AFC. Uh, we talk about, you know, sub-500 in the NFC getting to the postseason. New Orleans, 5-7. and seven. They visit the Jets, 3-9. and nine. New Orleans wins this game. And they're right there as far as the NFC wildcard spot is concerned. Yeah, the there, there's a lot of these these teams right now that are sub 500 that it, it kind of kills me to say are still right there in the playoff hunt, right? I mean, the Saints are not a good football team. What is good for this team right now is the fact that it looks like Alvin Kamara could potentially make his return. Taysom Hill sounds like he's going to be good playing through that finger injury and what a knee or ankle injury as well. The best news for the Saints here, though, Dave, is this. They're playing the Jets' defense, which is literally the worst in the league right now. I mean, this is, if you want to talk about catching a break, it is playing the Jets. This is essentially another bye week. Um, uh, You know, it's funny, we we go back to the Thursday night football game, and, you know, Mike Tomlin uh, for the Steelers was talking, saying that he felt like his team was like, you know, the JV team uh, on Thursday night football, especially in that first half. (laughs) Uh, um, First half against the Vikings, it feels like the Jets are like not even the JV team. They're like the sixth grade like C team that has decided that it, for whatever reason, it's going to try to take on their teachers, and it does not does not end up well. Yeah, the, the Jets are. I don't know how they have three wins to be honest with you. I, I don't. They are their defense is so bad, which you know from another conversation would have to I think really concern you because Robert Sala is, is I and mean, he's a defensive minded coach. It's baffling. That's how he's made his 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 whole career in the NFL to watch the defense look like this and. You know, Zach Wilson doesn't give you any real reason to be overly excited. So uh, I, maybe the Jets surprise me, but they're all banged up, right? Elijah Moore may not play. Michael Carter will not play. Uh, Tevin Coleman is now banged up. Uh, Mekhi Becton's still out. Jets defense is certainly a mess. So uh, Saints are not great, but maybe this will be a get-right game 
Because it was for Philadelphia, right? Exactly. And Philadelphia came into MetLife last week on the heels of, a, of just a disgusting loss to the Giants, and they certainly got right against the Jets. So I, I have a feeling you'll see the same from New Orleans this this weekend. Uh, another 5-7, and seven, but doesn't mean you're done in the NFC kind of a game. This is almost an elimination game. Because if you're 5-8, and eight, you're done. But the winner of this goes to 6-7. and seven. That's Atlanta at Carolina. Yeah, this is another one of these just, I mean, phenomenal games, right? As we talk about, again, sub 500 teams that are squaring off this weekend. But ironically, again, both of these teams are, are just one game out of that seventh wild card spot right now. Um, even with everything that the Panthers have been through the last few weeks and really the last kind of week itself, um, I still like Carolina here, to, to be honest. I'm really interested to see how the Panthers' offense looks different without Joe Brady um, after firing their offensive coordinator because what else do you have to lose at this point? Like, why not try to shake things up? This is the time, especially against a Falcons team that is not great either. What do you have to lose at this point of the season, right? I know you're right there in the hunt for the playoff spot, but something has to change if you want to spark any sort of – any any sort of kind of up and coming direction from from this Carolina team. Well, well, here's the thing, and I think this is the big the big um, knock for Carolina here. You, you don't have the guy that makes your entire offense work, and that's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's dynamic. He changes everything. You see what they're like with him and what they're like without him. Uh, I don't think you love Cam Newton. Uh, you like DJ Moore, but that's about it on that offense right now. So. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I would never take this game. I tend to kind of like Atlanta in this game. I think it's a very unattractive game. But for Carolina, without Christian McCaffrey, that's a completely different team. Now, Carolina's defense is pretty good, and they get to the football. But um, Matt Ryan, I mean, they do have some playmakers on that on that Falcons offense. Cordero Patterson is special. Kyle Pitts is special. So I, I wouldn't take this game, but I'm not so much in the corner of I, I like Carolina. Without McCaffrey, that's a very different football team. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, this it is crazy to think, and we're going to get to one of those teams here shortly where um, the the success of this team rides on this one player. Um, but that that's what it is with with Carolina right now. Um, I'm I'm just saying, like again, what do you have to lose? Like, why not try to just kind of throw caution to the wind and try something new? Because what you were doing with Joe Brady did not work. You may not have the pieces that you like, but I mean, something's got to give, right? The definition of insanity insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So why not try to throw a, a wrench into the system and try something different? That's fair. Fair point. Last we saw uh, Cam Newton, he wasn't even able to finish the game against Miami. He was he was just that bad. Uh, big game in the AFC North, Baltimore uh, at Cleveland, eight and four, six and six. You know, Cleveland, they're they're alive. Uh, they're they're not special. I don't even know that they're good. But you can't deny that they are alive. And a win here by the Browns brings them to within one game against Baltimore and their home. And somehow they're favored in this game. Dave, you make me laugh. That that was that was a great way. They're alive. That's that's a great way to put it. I mean, this is such an interesting game to me here because despite the records, Baltimore eight and four, Cleveland six and six, this Browns team on paper looks to be an overall better team because of their health, right? I mean, we were just talking about the Panthers being that team that is really dictate their success is dictated by one player, and that's Christian McCaffrey. The Ravens have found their success truly because of one player this year, and that's Lamar Jackson, because yes. they've just been decimated by injury. And I mean, you, you have to wonder, is Marlon Humphrey the last straw? Like, does the scale finally tip? Is this finally too much for Lamar Jackson? My answer is... 
is no. If Lamar Jackson is on the field, I have no reason not to trust him right now. I know that he struggled. I know that he has not looked um, in moments. He's maybe looked overwhelmed because of everything that he's trying to do right now. But against a Browns team that is still searching to find who they are, I like the Ravens in this game. Uh, I don't know that I disagree with you, and there's, there's something wrong with the Browns. Uh, I, I think about the point where I just don't believe in Baker Mayfield. Uh, I don't think they have great weapons at the receiver spot, right? I mean, Landry's good, but Donovan Peoples-Jones or Austin Hooper. That's kind of it, yeah. yeah. There's not a lot. They're running. See, if, if I'm Cleveland, uh, Chubb is healthy, Hunt is healthy, I'm going to run the football. I'm going to run the football. I'm going to run play action off of that, and I'm going to attack downfield off of that. But I don't know. Just something about Cleveland. They're, they're very hard to trust, and and I don't. Uh, I don't. So if I had to make a pick in this one, I agree with you. I'd go Baltimore on the road getting the points. Oh, my God. Uh, the Giants at the Chargers. The Giants are 4-8. and eight. The Chargers are 7-5. and five. Chargers uh, on the heels of a, a good win in Cincinnati. It looks like Mike Glennon will be starting for the Giants. Uh, I mean, what, what do you even say about this game? Can the Giants keep it close? No. Did the Giants score points? No. Can the Giants stop the Chargers? Probably not. There's very little positive to dissect from the Giants' standpoint here. I mean, we can move on to the next game if you want right now, Dave. Um, but, I mean, look, here. here's a positive. The Giants might catch a bit of a break here because Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, both on the COVID list. Um, you know, we're, we're looking for, for the little wins here in this game. Um, but I do have a hard time imagining that, that this Giants offense right now, no matter the quarterback, I, I, I think say, I mean, their, their offensive line is still not, not what you need. Um, it's, it's hard to try to find a, a positive in this game, especially knowing what the chargers just did last week to the Bengals. All right. I'm, I'm going to give you an over under and you give me your answer over under Total points for the Giants, 16 and a half. Ooh. Um, under? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, you're honest. I, I appreciate the honesty. I, I agree with you. I, I think under. They're on the heels of nine. Nine points. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Miami's defense might be better, but I don't think the Giants move the football and score very many. So that's pathetic. I think the Chargers average allowing 26 points a game, and you just said under 16 and a half. Uh, here is a treat of a game. Uh, Detroit, fresh off their first win, 1-10-1. They go on the road to take on the 6-6 six and six Denver Broncos. Yeah, and a, a Broncos team that is, um, again, truly just kind of encapsulates the enigma that is this 2021 season because there are moments where we think that they can be, you know, maybe one of the best teams or a, a top competitive team than other times that they just look like garbage. Uh, huge win for the the Lions last week. Again, Broncos still trying to prove that at 6-6 six and six they can be a playoff team. Uh, feels like the nod here should be to the Broncos. But, Dave, my question to you, uh, do the Lions have momentum right now? Or was their win last week just kind of a, a one-time moral victory kind of win? It's hard for me. Now, listen, I could be wrong. And, and I think Dan Campbell actually, to, to be sitting here at one ten and one to have positives to say is weird. But they they play for him. Yeah. And, you know, they go out there and they give everything they have. That being said, I, I think that they shut it down this week. I, I, they got their win. It was remarkable. They are thrilled with what they did, and they barely show up at all. And Denver, I think, hammers Detroit this week in what is just a very ugly, unattractive game. And again, we talk about a team that's right there. Denver, somehow, someway, 6-6. Six and six, You win your 7-6. and six, You're still alive in the AFC playoff race. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Um, and I, I think especially knowing that 
Denver needs this game as well. I think that's that's the situation that we're in for a lot of these games this week, right? There, there's a lot of these teams that are kind of, you know, maybe limping in. Um, and we know desperation can can breed some some good things. So we'll we'll see how this shakes out. But I, I just want the best for Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, right? Like they're just that like that shelter dog that I, I just want the best for them. Yeah, I think everybody everybody has a soft spot for for Dan Campbell and the Lions, but I don't think this is the week that they they compete yet again. Um, it's a big game, uh, implications all over the place. Uh, San Francisco six and six, and someone tried to tell you that they might not beat Seattle, and you you laughed and you scoffed. But someone tried to tell you that San Fran six and six at Cincinnati seven and five, and you're looking at a dislocated um, pinky finger on the throwing hand of one Joe Burrow. So do you like your Niners chances in this one? Um, can I just be clear about one thing? I was not laughing and scoffing last week. I was simply just trying to scoffing. I was trying to manifest a Niners win. I was trying to to give the Niners all of the good vibes, all of the good energy because it was that game should was just hand, should have been handed to them. Like it was like a silver platter. Here, you you've lost 14 of the last 16 against the Seahawks. Here's a chance to right that ship. And they didn't. But uh, yeah, this is a huge game this week. This this feels very. These two teams feel so similarly similarly to me um, because of how they're performing right now. I mean, these two teams have had just huge wins. We feel like they are the the top of the AFC, top of the NFC, and then they just have these huge, confusing losses. Uh, Debo Samuel didn't practice on Wednesday. It does look like he potentially could go this Sunday though. And even if the 49ers have just Samuel. And George Kittle, who was absolutely outstanding last week, even if Jamichael Hasty is your only healthy running back, I still give the nod to San Francisco here. Um, I am not laughing. I am not scoffing. I I think that this Bengals team is talented. I'm still concerned about Joe Burrow and the I mean the quarterbacks that have been dealing with fin- finger injuries this year. We've seen how much that slows them down, right? And I think the 49ers, knowing what just happened last week to Seattle, knows that they need to go out and get a win, and I think they do. I think someone might be picking San Francisco in this one. Uh, I agree with you with, with Joe Burrow, right? The finger, obviously, an issue. It was a huge issue last week. He fought through it, but uh, clearly not at 100% health. And I can't figure out Cincinnati, right? They, they, they get hammered at home against Cleveland. Then they look great for a couple weeks. Then they look awful last week. It's very difficult difficult to figure out. Uh, they're 7-5 and five right now. But... A win by them and a loss by the Ravens, and then they, they tie for first place in the AFC North. So I, I I don't know. They're very difficult to figure out. Maybe the game of the week. This is a great game. Really intrigued by this one. Uh, Buffalo, 7-5, and five, fresh off just an, I mean, a performance that they were not awful, it's not fair to say. But I think disappointing and disappointing in their loss on Monday night uh, against uh, New England. And they're at Tampa, 9-3. and three. This should... This should have some fireworks in this one. should be a very fun game. It really should. And can we just take a second to appreciate just how different the weather conditions are going to be from, yeah, from right? what we saw in the, the snow and the like 50-mile-an-hour wind gusts that we saw last Monday night with, with the Patriots and the, and the Bills. That's not going to be the case down in Tampa Bay, Florida this time around. Um, that said, though, uh, I heard an interesting point that I, I want to reiterate here. Um the, the Bills defenders, I mean, we, we go back to Mac Jones only throwing it three times on Monday night. Having just defended, what, 46 rushing attempts 
you, you have to think that the Bills defenders are feeling a little bit more beat up by just how physical that Monday night football game was. Interesting to see if they are still feeling a little bit sore this week against against Tampa Bay. Um, and while I think that the Bills are, are desperate, and again, I like desperate teams, especially at this time of the season, um, I think this comes down to the Bucks offense. A healthy Rob Gronkowski has been a game changer for this Bucks team. I think they have too many weapons on the field right now. I, I would give the nod to the Bucks in this game. Sounds like someone might be taking Tampa Bay this week. Um, yeah, I agree. With you. It's a good point about the physicality of the game because it's a Monday night game. It's a short week. Now you have to travel down to Tampa. The only thing I'll say is Buffalo must look at this offensively and say we can we can score points because that secondary for Tampa is not good. Uh, they're going to need to score points. I have a feeling. Yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of points, and I think to win this game for for Buffalo. You're probably going to have to put up 30 points, and I think they can. I absolutely think they can um, do that down in Tampa, and I think they have a real chance to win this game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, does he continue to own Chicago? I think we all would say yes. Chicago 4-8 checks in Sunday Night Football in Green Bay, who are 9-3, and and right there in position with one little slip-up from Arizona to take charge for the one seed in the NFC. Yeah, can I just say that I'm shocked that NBC didn't flex this game? Like when I when I was going through the schedule, I'm like, this is our Sunday night football game, really? I it's it's kind of shocking to me, but that that aside, you're right. Th- this looks like we could see potentially the. I mean, we're S- Sunday night and Monday night. We are seeing the top two teams in the NFC, right? Um, I, I I think that the Packers are getting their pieces back. Um, it, it feels like they're finally starting to get healthier. I yeah, yeah obviously give the nod to to Green Bay here. Um, I, for other than that, I don't know what else we're looking to see from this game because it's it's a bad Bears team. No, you're right. Uh, the Bears are lousy. They're 4-8. and eight. I mean, I guess what you want to see if you're a fan of the Bears is you get to see Justin Fields, right? You get to see him on a national stage. And uh, other than that, I, I, I don't know. It looks like David Montgomery not, might not play. Uh, Green Bay is just they're, they're just better. We, we know Aaron Rodgers owns Chicago. So th- this should be a, a game that's not all that competitive. And I think the Packers have their way, as they typically do with the Chicago Bears. And then, uh, this is a really good one. Uh, Rams 8-4 and four, coming off a win against the Jaguars. And prior to that, they hadn't played great. At Arizona, Kyler Murray looked good. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins had a touchdown last week. They hammered the Rams the first time out. Now they host them on Monday Night Football. So th- this this is a, a circle of the game, Monday Night Game on ESPN. Yeah, this is it. This I am so excited for Rams-Cardinals, and I feel like a lot of fans have had this game circled for a while, especially from the, the first meeting of these two teams when we thought that the Rams were one of the best teams in the NFC. They're at home at SoFi Stadium, and the Cardinals literally just ran all over them. Um, and the, the Cardinals, I mean, last week, again, you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray returning. There was no sign of rest for those two it feels like we've been waiting all season for the Cardinals team to get exposed I don't think that's happening this week and I don't think that's happening anytime soon um I get that the the Rams are coming off a needed win against the Jaguars that was their you know their get right game their get back kind of game I just don't know if they're playing at the level of the Cardinal of this Cardinals team right now because the Cardinals feel like they can beat you any single way on offense. I agree, I agree with you, and and I think and I mentioned this last week, and I don't mean to like continue to belabor the point, but I I think losing Robert Woods is huge. I really do because Cooper Cup is phenomenal, but Woods was that that second receiver, and I get Beckham and I get Jefferson, but I, I it feels like that Rams, it feels to me like that Rams offense is not the same without Woods and. 
And I don't know that Arizona capitalizes, but I also feel like you can kind of bully the Rams. Like you can take the football and run it down their throat and, and, and pick up four or five. Like, like almost tell them, we're going to take the ball, we're going to run it, and you can't stop us. And uh, often they, they don't. Oftentimes they, they don't. So the Rams are good. I don't know they're at the level of Arizona. No, I agree with you, and I, I think, too, and I know we'll get into the uh, the running back situation for fantasy as well, but I think it's worth noting here, too, that you know Cliff Kingsbury talked this week that they expect a lot of Sony Michelle because there's still a question mark around how healthy Daryl Henderson is and when he when he's going to be healthy returning. Um, so one way or another, we know that the we know that the Cardinals are preparing for what's going to come from this Rams running game. And I, I just, I think that the, the Cardinals are going to be able to, to outcoach, outscore and outdefend the Rams. So there you have it that we've just run through all the games beautifully uh, for week 14, your by teams, the Colts, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Philadelphia Eagles as well. So now let's turn our attention on the NFL Edge podcast to the NFL picks where I need to make some hay. And I will right now. I have I, I t- gorgeous. I mean, loving, gorgeous, weep-worthy selections written down on my sheet. I will bring them to you in just a moment. But first, let's find out where we are with the standings from our Niners fan producer who suffered heartache last week, that being one, RJ Santillo. Hello, RJ. Boy, what an introduction. I hate Seattle. Have I told you that recently? I, I can't stand them. I really can't stand them. Um, But it's good to be here on this Friday. I hope you both are doing well. Dave is just exuding confidence with whatever three picks he's about to throw at you. So, Oh, yeah. Keep on listening. Uh, Dave needs those three picks. He had a 3-0 week in week 11. Since then, two back-to-back, one in two weeks. Kristen, back-to-back, two and one week. So where does that leave us? Well, glad you asked. 18, 20, and 1. That is Kristen's record. Dave, 16, and 23. So a 3-0 week, or even a 2-1 week. Really just more wins and losses from here on out for Dave would be encouraging. <laughs> uh, very encouraging. Uh, Kristen, you're, you have a two-and-a-half game lead. It looks attractive for you, but let's not, let's not forget. We have week 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, wild card week, division round week, Championship week, Super Bowl. I have plenty of time to play with, and it starts now. It starts right now. Dave, I need to say something. Yeah. You, this, this, as RJ just beautifully put, you're just trying to exude confidence right now. It feels like you are coming into this pick segment with the same energy that I had when I picked the 49ers over the Seahawks last week. It feels like you're trying to manifest this. And we all know how that turned out. Just saying. You can, you can use whatever mumbo jumbo you want on me. You can say that it's psychological. No, I don't often come on and, and say, I'm going to go 3-0 or I love my picks. I love these picks. Are you ready for selection one? Let's do it. Bring it on, Dave. Um, The Jets are, they're just really bad. Miles Sanders, can't stop him. Alvin Kamara, he's back. You mentioned that earlier. Can they stop him? I'd say unlikely. Saints defense, better than the Eagles defense. Taysom Hill, very, very good running quarterback. I don't, I don't think he's a good quarterback, but a good running quarterback. Um, I, I, I mean, the Jets are just bad. I don't trust Zach Wilson. I don't know if Elijah Moore plays. I don't think the Jets can get the running game going. I think this is, I don't know, it might not even be a route, but a 27-16 kind of game. I can get the Saints 
And if they win by a touchdown, I win because they're laying five and a half. I'll sign up for that. Give me the Saints minus the five and a half against the lowly New York Jets. I like it. I like it. You have this trend picking against the Jets, and it's working for you right now. So keep on writing it, Dave. So that's pick one. Uh, Let me throw out a game or two, and then you can give us your uh, first selection of the week. So... Here, here's a game that, that jumps out at me, and, and and you made mention of this, and I think maybe you want to get involved. So I think this is an interesting game anyway. That's San Francisco on the road in Cincinnati. Uh, Bengals are kind of the wild card here. You mentioned the Niners. Looks like they'll get Debo Samuel back there, laying a point and a half on the road. Does San Francisco go into the jungle and get the win? Probably so. Is that a game that you like? I can't pick this game, Dave. I can't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I I, I am. I'm at this juncture where I have realized that picking with my heart and picking with my head, I sound like a, I sound like a, like a betting romantic comedy. Like I need to separate the two at this point because when I try to pick the Eagles or I try to pick the 49ers, like I want to, and then my head tells me no. So I'm not picking this game. I do like the Niners in this game, though. I think it's gonna be really close. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I, I hopefully will manifest a win for the 49ers just from the fandom side of things. Well, you continue to surprise me. You continue to surprise me because I would have bet that you would have uh, that you would have gone with the Niners this week, but you won't. So, all right. That being said, uh, where will you go? Give us uh, selection one for you this week. All right, selection number one. Where do I want to start? You know what? I'm just going to start big. I'm going to start with Monday Night Football. And I'm going to start with the Cardinals at home, minus two and a half against the Rams. Give me the Cardinals in this game. I I think that... They are not getting exposed anytime soon. Um, I I think they are going to end up sweeping the Rams, um, and they will extend their season to eleven and two. So give me the Cardinals minus two and a half against the Rams at home. See, I, I like this as well. This is weird to me. Like, like why are the Cardinals who hammered the Rams the first time out? The Rams are not fully healthy. You mentioned they don't know if Daryl Henderson plays, and if not, it's Sony Michelle, which I don't think is a tremendous downgrade, but still. Cardinals have played re- really well. They're getting healthier, and they're only given two and a half. So really, all they have to do is win by a field goal at home. Right. It, it feels weird, and this is what I say all the time. Whenever we run into this kind of a situation, I always get nervous because why is this only Cardinals by two and a half in this one? Yeah, it feels like maybe. I mean, we know that the Rams just stomped all over the the Jags last week, um, but that's just a completely different caliber team. That's a completely different matchup. I get what you're saying. It feels too good to be true. I'm I am I'm going to go for it though. I'm going into this because I I trust this Cardinals team. I like the pick for you. Yeah, and I'm I'm continuing to bring back my morning mantra of the Arizona Cardinals are the best team in football. We're going to continue saying that until Tuesday morning. You very well might, and I actually do to, uh, complete transparency. Like that game for you, Cardinals minus the two and a half. All right, my, my second pick, and I think not only do I think you don't won't like it, I think there's a real chance you will go against this game. It's one of the great games of the week. In fact, you might have taken the best game of the week. I think I'm going to be involved in the second best game of the week. Wait, 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 wait. Can I, can I try to guess it real quick? Well, I mean, I've already kind of laid it out for you, but sure. But that's what I'm going to say. Are you going to take the Bills over the box? I am. Ha-ha! Plus three and a half. If it was three, I don't think I'd take it. But it's three and a half, which makes it that much more attractive to me. Yeah, I think this is a field goal game. I think by getting the three and a half, it's it's that much more attractive. Buffalo, I mean, they're going to be down in Tampa. 
in beautiful weather where the throwing conditions are great. I think that Allen has a huge game. I think the Bills put up a lot of points. I'm not convinced that Buffalo wins, but I am convinced this is a three-point game. Maybe Tampa wins 30-27, 28-27, something in that ilk. Yeah, if I can get three and a half points in the Buffalo Bills against anyone, anywhere, I'll take the Bills plus the points. Well, Dave, yes. as the the great as the great Lee Corso says, not so fast yes. because I'm here taking the Bucks in this game minus three and a half. Oh, oh yes. Oh, look at what has happened. Let's go. Let's go. I I like the Bucks in this game. I agree that the number feels a little bit high. I wish it was like obviously like two and a half, like we we have with uh, with Cardinals Rams. But um, I. I go back to this. I know we talk so much about Brady and Gronk and what their their passing offense is able to do, but after seeing the Bills against uh, the the Patriots last week and the Patriots running the ball so efficiently against them and knowing that the Bucks have Leonard Fournette who has just been killer, I think that the the blueprint has been exposed. I think the Bucks are going to get this handedly against the Bills. Uh, I do have some bad news for you and I, I I was waiting and this is it feels like the perfect time to uh to bring this up. We researched on my morning show in New York. Yes. It's it's not handedly. What is it? It's handily. Handily. It's ha- yeah, I didn't I didn't want to be the one that brought it up and I thought maybe it died a few weeks ago with you, but it's it's handily. You don't win a game handedly. This is sad. You win the game. This is sad. Handily, yes. Handily. Handily. Well, I thought you were. I thought you were about to tell me that like Leonard Fournette was out for the game or something like that. No, well that'd be too late because you locked that one in. Tampa minus three and a half. But we are oh head to head. So right off the bat, Buffalo covers the number. Your two and a half game lead. Now a one and a half game lead. Oh, let's go. Love it. I love it. All right. Uh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna be gentlemanly. Um, why don't you? Go ahead with your your third selection of the week. Thank you, thank you. So, um, I I'm going to be honest. I made this selection because I don't like going with all favorites, and I feel like that could kind of be a trend this week, just because of the matchups that we have at hand. That said, there's one that is um, sticking out to me. Let, let me let me see let me see if I can somehow. I, I don't know that I'll be able to guess it, but let me see if I can somehow figure out what you're going to do. Okay, here's my guess. Yes. How well do I know Kristen Rogers? I'm going to take a guess. If I'm wrong, give me another and then I'll be done. Okay? Okay. I think you're going to go Baltimore plus two and a half. You are correct, sir. I'm so good. <laughs> I should be an FBI profiler. Do you see? You, 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 all, you said, all you said is you're going to take an underdog and I pinpointed which underdog you would take. Well, one, I think it's the most favorable matchup to take because I don't, again, I, I will go uh, Ravens plus two and a half. I have all the faith in Lamar Jackson. Maybe I'm trying to manifest that once again, but I don't trust this Browns team. Um, I I don't trust um, I don't trust Baker Mayfield. I I do trust John Harbaugh. I do trust Lamar Jackson. I know that their injuries have been horrible, but I think they're going to come out with a win. So give me the Ravens plus two and a half. Um, that said, do you remember in the '90s when you used to be able to like call that number? Um, late at night, and it would be the like the woman that did your fortunes. No. Um, on TV. No. 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 Okay. Clearly, you were never like 
a teenage girl in the early 2000s. Well, you're, you're right. I, I was never a teenage girl you in the early not. 2000s. That is correct. <laughs> you were not. You were not. Um, no, but like at sleepovers, we would call it, and it was like Miss Clarice or something like that. And she would be there with like her like her crystal ball, and um, she would like tell you about what your what your life is going to be like, and you could ask her questions. And she was essentially a, uh-huh. an over the phone psychic. And I think I think we're seeing something similar with you here, Dave. I think so. I think I am the modern uh, version of Miss Clarice. I think you've you've really stumbled upon something. Uh, my last pick of the week, and I I, I kind of tipped my hand a little bit earlier. I, I think Detroit uh, gave everything they had last week. It was monumental. It was a home win. They travel cross country. They go into mile high territory. Uh, they'll play hard, but they're not all that talented. Jared Goff is is just certainly not great. Um, does DeAndre Swift play? Maybe not. Jamal Williams at running back is fine, but their defense is really nothing to write home about. Javante Williams has proven to be a special running back. You're telling me you can't see a, a 27-14 Broncos kind of game? Give me the Broncos. Let's lay the 10 at mile high to complete, knock on wood, to complete the 3-0 and week for me. How about it? Um, we'll see how, how this all shakes out for you here, Dave. Uh, I do I do like this, though. Um, I think that the Broncos are the Broncos need a win. They're at home. We know how hard it is to play at mile high. Um, and the Lions, I mean, it, you're right. It, it's, it's about time to start ramping things down because you, you have you have your one win. You're about to have the number one pick in the in the draft this year. So just just keep on keep on writing that. Maybe I mean, listen, right? Houston only two wins. If if Detroit wins another game, they could wind up with the second pick. That's the, but that's what I'm saying. That's why you have to start like ramping it down. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Ramp it down. Ramp it down. Yes. Uh, all right. So they have it. A- any other game that you look at that needs attention, or do you think we've we've covered on the the, the main pieces here this week? I think we've covered them here, Dave. Um, I am I'm ready for a big week of football, big weekend of football, uh, and I'm hoping to come out of this three and zero and see you zero and three. So well, it's not po- it's not possible. Uh, neither of those scenarios is possible because once the Bills cover, it'll mean you can't go undefeated, and I I still can. So no, but when the Bucks win and cover, no, I don't see it. I don't see. It. I mean, that's it's cute. It's a, it's a nice way to look at things, but I don't I don't see that. All right, all right. Speaking of looking at things, we're going to look at it and and beautifully and help you uh, with your fantasy team right off the bat. If you have Dalvin Cook and you didn't play him, you should probably go into hiding because he was sensational on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, shame on you. Um, I picked up Alexander Madison last week. He was he was great for me then. Um, honestly, I, w- I was disappointed because I, I wanted one more week of that workload. Sure. Um, did not happen. Um, although I, I did, after we talked on Tuesday, did pick up KJ Osborne, put him in my flex. So feeling pretty good about how that shook out. Nice. Um, I know. Thank you. Right. I'm learning. You, yeah. you, you give the advice. We, we take it. We learn from it. And you prosper. And we, we, we go about our day. We prosper. We prosper as well. Here is a conundrum this week, not just for you and and me, but I think for everybody, and that's the Rams. Now, ordinarily, you'd say, all right, if I have Sonny Michelle and I have Daryl Henderson, well, I'll just wait till till game time. Or or if I have, say, another running back who's the equivalent of those guys, I'll just wait and see. That's a Monday night game, though, Kristen. And yeah, I, you know, if say you have Daryl Henderson, do you do you play him? And hope he plays. Do you play a lesser option? 
because you have to have someone that you know is going to play. What do you do if you have Daryl Henderson this week? Yeah, I think that's a great question because we saw what happened last week, right? He was he was he was there but did not play. Um I would want to give Henderson one more week. That said, it was interesting listening to Cliff Kingsbury talk and I mean we we know how much stock, which is none. Coaches put into other coaches talk during during the week that coaches lie. lie. Yeah, yeah. But Cliff Cliff Kingsbury talked a lot about how they're preparing for Sony Michelle after what they saw um uh from the Rams last week against the Jags. But so part of me would think that we're going to see Henderson because when Henderson plays, there's no question that he gets the majority of the carries. Like it's not a situation where you can say, okay, if I wait, maybe I have, you know, Henderson in my as as one of my running backs and to put Michelle on the flex. Like I don't think that's something that you can do this week. I would go with Henderson. I think that knowing what kind of running back you need, I I I think that the Rams are are going to lean on him. Um but I'm not it's not a guaranteed move. It's 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 a gamble for sure, but I my my gut says says Henderson. All right, so if you play Henderson then you're saying avoid Sony Michelle? Is that is that what you were? Now, obviously, you can wait. If you have both, you can wait till game time. But exactly. if you have, if you have, say, I have Henderson and I, I don't know. Let's let's say for argument's sake, Jeff Wilson on the Niners, who looks like he's going to be the back. What what do I do in that situation? This is a very good question, Dave. Um, I I'm still leaning Henderson in this situation. Maybe you can throw Michelle into the flex. I he's he's great. It's just that I know that the Rams haven't done a great job about splitting carries this season. That is my only concern. And what upsets me is and and I was played like a like a fool is they they announced before the game Daryl Henderson was going to be active. He's active and they don't they don't give him a carry. I mean he doesn't even see the field. So that to me was perplexing. But I doubt they do that two weeks in a row, right? Like that's the. Well, why would you make a guy active that's not going to play? I don't know. I don't know, Dave. I'm not Sean McVay. Uh, I don't know. I don't understand. I. I, re- I know you're bitter. Yeah, I, I really am. That was it was ruined my my entire week in fantasy. Um. All right, let's continue along. Uh, Saquon Barkley. So what am I what am I doing with this guy? Right? I mean, you know that, that they're not going to be able to throw the ball very effectively with Mike Glennon. Chargers defense is not great. He should be able to run it. He was a high pick. Do you just ride Saquon or do you do you bench him if you have another mediocre option? No, I actually like Saquon in this matchup. Um, I mean, the Chargers defense is second in the NFL in rushing yards allowed and ninth in most fantasy points to, to running backs. I, I think that this actually, despite a, a porous Giants offensive line, I think this actually sets up nicely for Saquon. Again, to your point, especially knowing that you're not going to get a lot from the passing game. So I actually like Saquon in this game. Now, you say you like Saquon. Give me give me some number. Like, well, what are you thinking? You think he over under 67 and a half yards rushing? I think over. Really? All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I would go like a. I would go for like a seventy-five yard game. A se- oh, seventy. So you got to figure he's going to have at least four catches. Yeah. Do you think he gets a touchdown too? I'm going to say yes because I don't know how else the Giants are going to get a touchdown against the Chargers. So, you, so you think seventy-five yards rushing, a touchdown, four catches for I don't know. Let's conservatively say twenty yards. You, you're looking at. You're looking at approaching 20 points from Saquon this week. Here's my question, though. Yeah. What else? Again, as we, as I kind of just ran through, the 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 Chargers don't have a great run defense. What else do the Giants have to to throw at the Chargers offensively? Uh, they have uh, nothing. 
This is what they have. <laughs> yeah. So if, if, if you don't have anything else, isn't this the workhorse that you're going to ride to try to make something happen? I, I guess. But, I mean, I've been hearing that for weeks. I get that. But the, the Chargers also... The Chargers also haven't done well with time of possession this year, too. So if you're telling me that you can consistently run the football with Saquon and take up a lot of that clock, I, I think that's the only game plan that would, would make the Chargers uncomfortable in this situation. Maybe. I just don't, I don't know. I've heard this for weeks. Well, they're going to run Barkley. But, but the offensive line is lousy. The play calling is is not good. They just fired the offensive coordinator. I just I, I don't know. It's hard for me to buy into Saquon Barkley 20 points this week. Maybe you're right. I hope you're right. I find it hard to believe. Okay. Well, Dave, I've got a question for you here because All right. th- this is actually th- we we've talked about this before. This this is on my on my on my roster on my bench a, a question that I have right now, and it is the James Robinson conundrum. Um, what what do we do this week? Trevor Lawrence says that he wants Robinson to play. Uh, he was benched last week after a fumble. I don't trust Urban Meyer. I don't trust this Jags team. But James Robinson. Feels like it's the only good thing, despite the fumble, that's been working for this team. Can we trust him to to play and to go off this? Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's your running back uh, to go off. I'm I'm not certain about that, but I don't I don't know why I, I don't know why they drafted Travis Etienne, um, you know, uh, from Clemson. Uh, Robinson was one of the few bright spots they had on this team last year. Uh, I, I think he will play. I think he will be the guy, and yeah, I think he's going to get 17 plus touches. So. Um, I, I feel somewhat confident that James Robinson is, is the guy. And yeah, I, that is the direction that I, that I absolutely would ride in, uh, if I were, uh, if I were someone that had James Robinson. Um, you mentioned Debo Samuel earlier. So he, he officially got a DNP on Thursday as well. There's a couple of Niners I want to, I want to throw out here. He got a DNP on Wednesday. He got a DNP on Thursday. He didn't play last week. At a minimum, this is something you should absolutely monitor, but I I don't know that I feel overly confident that Samuel's gonna play in this game. I so I know he's been a DNP, but it's eight at least the reports that I've heard are that he's tracking in the right direction. That I mean, I I, I think you kind of have to bank on the fact that he's gonna play this week, right? I because you're the, the Niners are going to need more. I mean, especially knowing their running back situation, I think you would want to make sure that you can get Debo back into back into the game. Um, I, I I still say go for Debo. You better you better watch his Friday practice situation because if he doesn't practice Friday, he's not going to play. Guys do not miss entire weeks of practice and then suit up. So take it for what it's worth. I would very closely monitor that situation, and that brings me. To their running back, Elijah Mitchell, I don't think, is going to play. So if Samuel plays, great. But if he doesn't, it sounds all of a sudden, because Jamaica Hasty was the big pickup this week. But now I'm reading that it sounds like Jeff Wilson Jr. might be the guy that gets the bulk of the touches in the backfield if, in fact, Elijah Mitchell doesn't play. Yeah, that that's very interesting. Um, I I still lean Hasty in this situation, but I... Also knowing the the 49ers, I would not be surprised if we end up with those two kind of splitting the reps, knowing that you're not going with one of your I mean, you're not going with, you know, Elijah Mitchell. Like you you don't have like your your main guy out there. I wouldn't be be surprised if we see running back by committee. So I'm I'm good with either two. I'm I'm surprised by that, but I, I still would try to lean hasty in this in this situation. Or maybe we all went out and got him for no reason. That's very, very possible because, like we always say, coaches absolutely lie. All right, what what else? I know you're big on the running back situation this week. What else do you have? Yeah, it's – I mean, it's one that I feel like is – 
Um, maybe it's it's someone that is already taken, obviously, but maybe if you, you question whether or not he's going to be good, I've said this before, I think A.J. Dillon is going to have a really big game for the Packers against the Bears. Um, I do not trust this Bears defense at all. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how how the Packers use uh, Dillon and Aaron Jones both coming off, off the bye week, um, but I do expect both to be really involved in this game. Uh, yeah, those guys are good running backs, and they love to establish the run, and, and they're very effective. And Dylan is just a, he's an animal. Like you, you do not want to be in the open field trying to tackle him. So if you have him, I think without a, a question, you play him. Uh, much less attractive running back situation, but needs to be addressed nonetheless. Looks like Adrian Peterson, who scored a touchdown last week, looks like he's not going to play. And now I'm hearing Alex Collins much healthier in Seattle. And they do not have a very difficult game against Houston. I think he's lousy, but can I have any confidence? Because I think I, I think I'm going to play Alex Collins this week. Yeah, I mean Alex Collins is a good back. Like I, I know that the the Seahawks have been decimated by injury when it comes to their running backs. When it started with Chris Carson, and then obviously we've seen everything unfold from there. Adrian Peterson obviously was just a great story, um, and I, I don't, I, I do not know of anyone that was smart enough to to pick him up for you know touchdown last week. But I, I do, I do like Alex Collins, um, and I again knowing that the Seahawks are going up against a um, not a great football team. Uh, I, I would have faith in Alex Collins this week. I don't know if I if I gave this one out earlier in the week, but here's what I would do. And I'm going to give this tip to you and you take it for what it's worth. I'd pick him up and if he's and and if these guys do not play, I would play him. And that's AJ Guyton on the Chargers. All right? If Keenan Allen and or Mike Williams does not play, you take AJ Guyton and you very firmly place him into your lineup because he will have a big game. He had a good game last week. And if one or both of those guys is hurt, you're going to have another good game this week. I like it. I like it. Um, I, I think, yeah, to your point, we we know what the Chargers offense can be too. Uh, and I feel like they're they're pretty plug and play with their receivers. So I, I think that's a, a smart move this week. Uh, what else do you have for me here? Week fourteen. Yeah, I, I've I've got another. Uh, it's a it's a not a running back. It is a receiver, and I feel like we've talked about this before. And I get that I'm staying within the Packers vibe here, but Marquez Valdez Scantling. I've said it before. I think knowing that you're going up against a Bears team and knowing the the opportunities, um, I, I don't think he's going to be a high volume catch guy by any means. Um, but I, you know, if you want to put him in your flex or, you know, if you're really desperate, uh, in one of your receiver slots, I I think he's going to be good this week. Yeah, I don't disagree. And, and, um, Randall Cobb, uh, is going to miss the next, it looks like three weeks. He had core muscle surgery. So yeah, uh, I, I don't think that's bad at all. Uh, Darren Waller looks like he might not play again. Foster Moreau, uh, would be the starting tight end if that's the situation you're, you're in. And also Logan Thomas is not going to play. So, you know, if you're desperate for a tight end, maybe Foster Moreau is the guy that you you turn to. And then another guy that I look at, and this will be the last one that I bring up, I promise, and that's David Montgomery. Uh, he's very questionable to play against the uh, against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. But the thing is, that's Sunday night. So you, you have to make sure that you have Montgomery and Khalil Herbert as the backup just in case. Because you can't have one because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if Montgomery can't go, obviously, we, we've we seen Herbert in action before. And he's good. Yeah, he is. He's very good. 
So there you have it. You have anything else? No, Dave. I think that's about it. I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to hit this weekend. I'm ready to to hit Sunday and uh, to come out three and zero in picks. Oh, well, that's an impossibility because I took the Bills plus the three and a half. And that's already a guaranteed winner. So there you have it. Uh, have a great football weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week, not once but twice for Kristen Rogers. I'm Dave Rothenberg. This has been the NFL Edge Podcast. 